This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by the new series Music City on CMT. Catch up at cmt.com and watch new episodes on Thursdays at 10, 9 central. You will drive Yeah, 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 they want to know. Hey. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Lindsay Weber. I'm Bobby Finger. And this is the first time we're recording this and hopefully the last. So congratulations to us so far in this journey. I hope we do well. I hope we don't have to start over again. (laughs) Really never want to have to go through that again, ever. It was a little traumatic, I think. Like not just, Mm -hmm. just, just having to make some of those jokes again. Just like truly. It ruined my week. No, it didn't. I think I'm still suffering. (laughs) I'm still suffering. I'm more, I'm more, I'm like, just, we've done this so many times now. And the fact that we still can screw up so, like, in such a big way is more my kind of, uh, what was upset to me. It's incredible. (laughs) It it makes me, it it felt like I got bit in the face. Like (laughs) Beyonce was. Yes. Allegedly. So speaking of. We should get started because there's a lot today. There really is a lot. And usually we, we call out that there's very little, but today there's a lot. Hi, Who Weekly. This is Riley from California, from the LA area. Um, I'm just like really confused about this whole like Beyonce bite gate that's happening. Who is like Sana Lathan? Sana Lathan? Sana? I don't, I don't know. And she dated French Montana? I'm really confused. Please, please tell. Please tell everything. Okay, good form, Bella Bye-bye. Hey, guys. It's Alina. Long time, long time. Uh, so the worst thing about this whole otherwise delightful Who Bit Beyonce thing is that apparently no one knows who Sanaa Lathan is. Um, I mean, Love and Basketball is a huge them to me because I'm a lesbian tomboy. Um but yeah, she a who? It bums me out. No one, no one knew who she was before this. All right. Yummy Pop Scarjo. Bye. So, who do y'all think bit Beyonce? I'll never be able to sleep again until I find out who bit Beyonce. Can you guys please look into this for me? Thank you. Who bit Beyonce in the face? Like, who did that? Hi, who bit Beyonce? So for all of the uh, love and basketball loving lesbians out there, you maybe don't need this uh, segment of the show. <laughs> but let's like start from or the We're just very... love and basketball fans. There are plenty of them. <laughs> That's true. Love and basketball is so good. It is. So, let, But let's just start a little bit further back in terms of how this thing even started. It started months ago. It started at a party in right. Los Angeles, in Inglewood, after a Jay-Z show and Tiffany Haddish was there. And the first reason this party went viral is because Tiffany Haddish got a selfie with Beyonce. Right. And so they posted this selfie and everyone was like, wow, Tiffany Haddish finally met Beyonce. This was like obviously a long time coming for a lot of us. Wow. She is a star. Yes. But then if you'll remember, she the first part of the story that she told that went viral is that someone was like being very flirty with uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce nipped it in the bud. Yes. Um, this is not the first story that she's told about being at a party with Beyonce. So then it was like, who who was, who did Beyonce like shut down at this party? But then she was interviewed by GQ 
and revealed to Katie Weaver that not only did someone flirt with Jay-Z and then Beyonce got mad, she saw someone bite Beyonce in the face and then Beyonce just shrugged it off. And here's the thing is that if it's one thing that she because she uh, supposedly she's also been telling the story like in her stand up. So she's mm-hmm. using it as kind of like also part of her, you know, repertoire of stories that she has been telling. I think I don't know if she can tell this one anymore live because she already kind of told it in print and now everyone's read it. But yeah. basically, if you tell like a magazine a story, they have to fact check it or at least they have to try. So Beyonce's known about this for I'm sure a few months because, you know, they probably went to them and said, hey, is this is this true? You know, it says, and it says, quote, I absolutely cannot comment on any of this as I have no knowledge, said Beyonce's representative, Yvette Noel Schur. So Yvette. Like, Beyonce knew that this was going to happen. And I think Beyonce is one of those ciphers where you're not quite sure, like, whether she would hate this or love this. I think she would hate this, or I think she hates I this. I think so, too. I um, think she hates it. Because I don't think Beyonce likes when you, when other people speak for her in this way that kind of insinuates her personality and Tiffany seems like this is good for her career because she's the kind of queen of telling stories like this and being real and being down to earth but like this is not like yeah. she's in trouble <laughs> and even though saying. Beyonce even though Beyonce comes off well in this story she does. she does it's like she was she was disrespected at a party and took it very gracefully and was like you know what this person is like fine don't start shit it's okay She's on a lot of drugs. It's fine. Well, also, like, can I just say, I mean, I don't, it's not like I don't believe Beyonce or Tiffany or this story, but biting is like, could just be an exaggeration for getting like too up and close with Beyonce, meaning like giving her like a too long lingering hug and like going in for like a really long kiss on the cheek. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it could easily have been an actual bite on, on the cheek or on the nose, but the way I sort of envision it is someone just going up and making a biting like like right a, like the a biting joking, thing like a pac-man joke yeah. that maybe brushed her yeah because a bite like who's actually biting unless you've taken bath salts you know also beyonce has security <laughs> so mm-hmm. this person had to have been someone she knew that that was allowed to get up close or close enough mm-hmm. to be kind of whatever the situation happened but she has the security guard so it's it is confusing how this would happen with someone the whole story is kind of like hmm you know that was the funniest response from sarah foster who was one of the rumored women so after this happened there were obviously people were trying to figure out who was on the guest list who was at this thing to to deduce who the actual biter was the two prime (laughs) suspects well well, there actually there were four at first Four prime suspects at first, Jennifer Lawrence, because she loves to drink and she loves, like, she she says that when she gets drunk, she's Gail. But then it says, oh, this person wasn't drunk, she was on drugs. Also, Jennifer Lawrence was not on the West Coast when this happened. She's out. Then there was Scarlett Johansson because there were photos of her at a party with Jay-Z and Beyonce, but the internet soon found out that those photos were from a different party. So it wasn't yeah. actually Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Then the two remaining people were Sanaa Lathan who was like, there are photos of her there. She was reported as being there before there was even a story about this party. Well, also, she was a little bit drunk. She was like pretty yeah. messed up. And also mm-hmm. the other kind of thing was um, because Tiffany was telling the story in other places, I guess she also mentioned that this person was dating or had dated um, French Montana. French Montana. So that that was came like, out later, though. That's the true tip off, though, because that's that really the, That's the real it proof down. that it's probably Sana. But the other yeah. person was Sarah Foster. Um, the the kid of David Foster who had what was her show on VH1 with like her barely sister? famous wanting barely to be famous, famous. she's kind of funny yeah. she's like a funny social media girl 
when people started rumor that she was the biter, she her response was like, as if I could ever get that close to Beyonce. Like, it's flattering true. that you think I That's could get true. that close. That's true. Who could get that close? Sanaa Lathan. They're Who like, dated French Montana? Yeah. Sanaa Lathan. And they're Who old has friends. history with Jay-Z? Yeah. Jay-Z has like, there's a line about her in one of his songs. Well, she's also like, I mean, we didn't actually, we did mention Love and Basketball, but she's kind of like an iconic actress in terms of all mm-hmm. the stuff that she's been in. I mean, like, Beyonce and her like came up at the same time. For those of you who don't know Sanaa Sana Lathan, first of all, very rude. Second of all... <laughs> I love her. You should watch Love and Basketball, perfect rom-com from the early 2000s starring her and um, Omar Epps. And it's very like, um, it was made right after the WNBA started. So like the end of the movie is the, the, the triumphant ending. This is not a spoiler. Is obviously she's in the, the WNBA at the end of this movie. And it's about like the, the romance between these two people who love basketball from the time they're kids to adulthood. And the woman who made it, Gina Prince Blythewood, um, she wrote it to, she didn't make another movie until um, uh, Beyond the Lights, which, which is, is also so great. And also, Sana's in um, The Best Man, Best Man and Best Man Holiday. Oh, God, Best Man. Two really fantastic movies. The first one came out a long time ago. It's kind of like an iconic movie, iconic cast. And then the, the sequel, which was shockingly also extremely mm-hmm. good, came out two years ago or two years ago. Yeah, no, 2013. Oh, my God, that feels like yesterday then she's in something new another great rom-com with uh, asshole mentalist and the asshole from double wears prada what's his name simon baker total who i love him so much yeah yeah i hate him he's good um she was also in i'm looking at her imdb out of time which i never saw but it's a denzel washington action movie that i remember doing really 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 well even though it had really bad reviews um she did tweet though she did tweet y'all are funny under no circumstances did i bite beyonce and if i did it would have been a love bite. You know what the keywords are there? If, if I, I did, did it. She if definitely I did, did it. it. She definitely did it. I think what she was saying <laughs> is I was maybe aggressive. I was maybe, you know, a little lovey, a little drunk, excited to see my pal mm-hmm. Beyonce or whatever, and gave her a little love bite. So yeah. so after let's... after people did the actual slew thing, <laughs> yeah. where they explained that it probably is her, reading that tweet, which I initially read as a denial, really reads as an explanation. Mm-hmm. It's not a denial, it's an explanation. Right. It's kind of like a wink wink, like, come on, you're blowing this out of proportion. And I and I will say Tiffany's using this story to to build her own myth myth. And I think Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And she's obviously on the come up and she's very good at this. Like she's uh, clearly a master at this. She's a storyteller. And, and if you don't if you don't know who Sonali then is, watch Love and Basketball, watch oh, The Best so Man, good. and also watch the Family That Prays, a Tyler Perry movie where she's a really great villain. <laughs> And get then get back to us. Yeah. Um, TMZ said one source said it was not an aggressive bite. It was playful and non-invasive, but still caught Beyonce off guard. When is Beyonce not caught off guard? Beyonce is literally like she's so delicate now. Like she's so you know what I mean. She's how so, could you not be on edge at all at all times <laughs> if you're Beyonce? Because anyone oh, yeah. could just do anything to you. Um. Okay. So I guess that's the answer. Like that is the answer. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Um. Long time. Long time. Don't that help me? I'm staring at a headline right now that is like throwing me back to 2008. It's just completely changing everything for me. Daily Mail. Heidi Klum confirms romance with 28-year-old guitarist Tom Collis. And I'm like, wait a minute. How do I know that name? I click into the article. It is one of the two creepy-ass-looking German in that London Tokyo hotel. Do y'all remember this? There was some like German emo, I don't even know, band 
um, the lead singer is Bill Collins, who always had this really big hair. Just please Google them. Please look at what they looked like and discuss this article. I can't handle it. I mean, I guess congrats to going back to a German Heidi. Um, But scrolling down in the article, there are some truly, truly amazing captions for these photos. Um, Please go take a look and tell me, you know, are Tokyo hotels, are are, are they a who? Are they a them? Are they a German them? Um, Are they even relevant anymore? Are they even a band anymore? Why do I even know who they are? Please help. All right. Good form. Bella Thorne. See you. Wow. Okay. So, wow. I, I didn't know about this romance. I I remember Vito Schnabel, of course, and who could forget <laughs> Vito, Seal. Vito Schnabel. Vito Schnabel. Yeah. R.I.P. That love. But um, so I had never heard of this guy. I'd never heard of this band, Tom Kaulitz. Kaulitz. Uh, I love saying German. Daniel Brun. Tom Kaulitz. Um, uh, just another instance of Heidi Klum dating a younger man. I was looking up this band. There's, there's really, they're a German, they're a German emo punk punk band, and they're still making music to answer this person's question. And yes, the photos of this band are hilarious because all the ones in their Wikipedia's are eight years old from when they were twenty years old. Right. And so, what, Bill Kaulitz looks like like a teen boy who's dressed up as Adam Lambert for Halloween, and then. Uh, Tom Cowlitz does not used to look like that, sort of, although he had cornrows for a time, which didn't really suit him. Well, I you think know, that's the best I can say. He modern... sort of looks like Ed Westwick with cornrows. Looking back on cornrows is always like a lot worse than what they were at the time. We have to remember that. Like at the time, it was probably fine. Now it's like, oh, yikes. You know, no, we don't like this. So, but right now he just looks like a 28 year old dude. You know, there's he's nothing really cute. that special. About. He's They're cute. cute. I mean, I, I support Heidi Klum in all of her journeys, but this seems, it's nice that he's German. She's German. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, dude, it's nice that he's German. Um, their big song, from what I can tell, it has the most plays on Spotify. And when you look it up on YouTube, it's the one that has the most covers. I think and stuff. I know Again, which one I don't it know. Is. It's called Monsoon. point is they sound like everyone else from the early 2000s. But they sound a lot like like Smashing Pumpkins meets like the um, Jared Leto band or whatever. Like, and they look... Oh, 50 Seconds to Mars. They yeah. look and they look like, like them too. an impression of like anime if like someone in Germany watched anime once. Like that's what they looked like back then. You know, that like yeah. big spiky hair or whatever and... But this this sort of this sort of band has an audience that they will have forever. So they're still performing and they're still releasing music. My favorite thing about their Wikipedia is if you scroll down to awards they've won, God knows what any of these awards on. You're expecting to see like um Grammy. like maybe MTV movie awards, Europe awards. Yes, you are gonna get that. But then there's also, listen to this, MTV Italy MTV Italy Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. There's the Golden Penguin Awards, which apparently are the music awards in Austria. The Bambi Awards, God knows where those are from. <laughs> <laughs> the Hungarian Music Awards are called the Bravo Otto. <laughs> but again, I think the reason that we're talking about this person is because, of course, it all goes back to the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail is obsessed with this couple newly, and as the caller said, wrote some of the best captions that I've seen on the Daily Mail in a while. Um, Lindsay, have you read all of them? I sent some of them to you. No, I'm still very much looking at uh, Bill Kaulitz's Wikipedia, which we should get back to after you're done with this. Oh, an important thing is... 
they're twins, Bill but Cal- only Bill has the Wikipedia. Only Bill has and the Wikipedia. And do you know that Bill is also known mononymous? What is the word? Mon- Mononymously. Mononymously as Billy, but styled in all capitals. Just Billy! Billy! <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that all Germans aren't known exclusively in all caps first names. And also, it's like they're twins and... They're twins, and Tom's older, but only Billy has the Wikipedia page. Tom does not. Tom does not. So Heidi's dating the lesser twin. Um, of Tokyo Is he known Hotel. as Tom? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Billy is the singer, and Tom, so he's like the kind of star of the okay. band in a way. Let me read these captions because they're so good. So again, as is um, the Daily Mail's uh, MO, they take collections of photos that are really taken in short bursts. So they have like 100 photos of an event that probably only took place over a span of 20 seconds. Okay? Yeah, they could so, took so, it so funny. It's like <laughs> so they take they take photo 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 photo, like and they have think, 600 photos of something that took you know in real time. Six, you would think seconds. that this was like a full day like of scouting and shooting. It's like no, one paparazzi took a thousand photos in one second, and these this is the photo. These are the photos that we of have. Tom and Heidi kissing in a doorway. They're kissing around people, and it, so these photos are apparently a big deal because it's the first time that they've expressed their love publicly. This is the first time they've engaged in PDA. So let me read the photos. A photo of them kissing. Lip-locked, Heidi Klum and 28-year-old Tokyo Hotel guitarist Tom Kaulitz aren't hiding their love anymore. The 44-year-old model and their new beau were seen packing on the PDA while Heidi was filming America's Got Talent on Sunday afternoon. Another great, a great Daily Mail trope is uh, when people announce that they're in a relationship, it's because they've stopped hiding their love. The Daily Mail's like, we know you've been hiding it. (laughs) We know. (laughs) Uh, so they're not, they're not hiding their love anymore. Here are some other good ones. Hiding no shame. The new couple were seen making out in front of Heidi's AGT crew, which they are. All smiles. The, the two couldn't keep their hands off each other. And then I love this one. In these two photos, Heidi is for some reason crouched over beside Tom and touching his calf for some reason. And it says, taking a load off. As a sign of affection, Heidi sweetly grabbed the calf of her new man, who was wearing a pair of cropped sweatpants, a green tee, and unlaced white tennis, suit, tennis shoes. <laughs> I love to grab the cap of my man. I am listening to you, but I've already clicked over to an article called Move Over, Margot Robbie, How Actress's Brother Cameron Went from Sideline Sibling to Red Hot Regular as Critics Anticipate He Will Follow in His Famous Sister's Footprints. Then I'm like, where's the proof? And then I scroll down and I see this picture, which I just texted you. Hopefully it'll come through. Um, and I'm like, all right, that's the proof. <laughs> Proof's I in the pudding. Get... Proof's in the pudding. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Let's see the proof. Here just, it's loading. He's just, Here it's loading. He's just very, he's just a, he's just a hunk. Oh, he's a hunk. That's Margot Robbie's brother. Yeah, it says, and the, 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 the caption, which is really funny, it says, poise. Cameron turned what was meant to be a breezy press stop for Peter Rabbit into a roast as he casually labeled the film dim-witted. It's this confidence behind the camera that has execs paying close attention. I don't really understand what he was doing on, to- I, I don't really understand what, he was doing on the press tour or anywhere or doing anything. So, but apparently he's hot enough to make it. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, this is just like, this is just embarrassing. You click on, so like Lindsay sends me a picture of like a hunky pseudo celebrity who is the hunky brother of Marco yeah. Robbie and his shirtless yeah. and all of his photos. And I click on his Instagram and obviously who's following him. I'm not going to name them, but Lindsay, you can guess who's already following oh, this I person know. on Instagram. I can guess. Um, but anyways, I guess they like hired the brother to interview them on the press junket as a surprise. And he like was like, and he, you know, was hot. And then yeah. now it's like, everyone's like, he's hot, he's hot, he's hot, he's hot. 
So. He's on his side. <laughs> anyway, Cameron Robbie, he is Cameron Robbie on Instagram. I suggest you follow him. You'll if you follow me, you'll see followed by Bobby Finger. Whoops, Are you no following shame. him already? No, I already clicked follow. Oh boy. Well, he is hot. He's hot. He's hot. He's hot. He's hot. Lindsay, are you all caught up on Music City? Okay, so I'm actually not. What have I missed? Well, Jessica, who goes by J-Mac, which I love, got all mad at Jackson because he asked for permission to kiss her, which was weird. So now he's into this Miss Tennessee pageant girl, and they went on a date, and it was really intense. It was on some roof that they're always at, and it's sort of an exciting love triangle thing. Then there's Rachel, the mom who wants to go to law school, remember her, and her husband, Carrie, the hunky construction guy who wants to get his music career off the ground. They've been dealing with this mega dramatic issue with this guy Rachel hooked up with when they were on a break. What? They were on a break. On a and break. whether or not she should tell him that he's been texting her, and it's very intense. Meanwhile, we're seeing more of Elisa's sexy new co-writer, who I hope starts appearing on the show even more. But the main thing is we don't know where Wolfgang is. Wait, where's Wolfgang? I don't know where Wolfgang is. Okay, well, that sounds really incredible, and I can't believe you did that so quickly. So now I need to go back and catch up because I need the long-form version of that. You definitely do. You and all of our listeners can catch up on the drama in Music City at cmt.com or CMT On Demand and watch new episodes on Thursdays at 10, 9 central, only on CMT. Hi, Who Weekly. I am calling. Oh, first time, long time. I am calling um, because I just need someone to be talking about Michael um, Avenatti, Avenatti, the high-profile attorney of Stormy Daniels, um, but also a race car driver, apparently, and owned a coffee company with Patrick Dempsey, and then they sued each other. Um, and the fact that he looks like a UFC fighter with a chiseled jawline, but the most curious thing about him is that he's trying to make a hashtag happen, kind of like um, Megan King Edmonds of Housewives of Beverly Hills. No, OC. I don't even know what housewife she is. Um, that's the most hooiest thing about him, that he's trying to make a hashtag um, basta, and he's not even from Italy. I'm so confused. And even Daily Mail seems confused. Anyway, just wanted somebody else to be talking about him. Thanks. Bye. So, Lindsay, you didn't watch the Stormy Daniels interview, did you? Well, because as soon as, before it even started, I was the getting transcript. the TMZ push alerts and all the transcripts. So I just read the transcripts and then want, didn't watch it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they had, they all had it and they then everyone broke embargo or whatever and sent out what it was the important parts. Yeah, so, well, we had it on and as, as you're watching it, it's like, okay, by the time the the whatever, the basketball game, the sport is over. We've all read the transcript, so whatever. What's the point of reading? What's the point of watching this? Well, the point of watching it is because Michael Avenetti was on it. Who is Michael Avenetti? He's a hunk. (laughs) Guess what? He's a hunk. Who knew? (laughs) Michael Avenetti is this, like, hunky lawyer who is representing Stormy Daniels. One of the great things about Twitter, Twitter is is hell, and there's no reason to have Twitter unless you are watching something on TV with a lot of people. The best thing about Twitter is live tweeting television like communal experiences well it's funny because it's it's great when there's something on television that everyone's watching all together but the main focus of everyone has turned to something that is now smaller and everyone is now like we don't even care what you're watching this for in the first place we all care about this very small minor character then that minor character is like the you know kind of what everyone connects over well right this is trump's america right a woman goes on a a porn star goes on television to tell anderson cooper about her sexual relationship with the president and that she has uh proof of their affair and that he threatened her and everyone's takeaway is like damn her lawyer's a hunk that's where we are right now <laughs> we can't we're so bad we're so terrible i know we're awful i know we're we're awful but the point is he's a hunk and i know i keep saying that but that's kind of i mean there's more to know about him so michael avenetti is this like very successful attorney he's based in i believe uh 
California, but he also has like a place in, he has a place in LA, but he also has a place in uh, Newport Beach that is is so expensive. He is also a race car driver, which is where he met his friend Patrick Dempsey. That's such a like rich person's sport. It's like you have to be rich to be a race car driver. It's crazy. It just proves that you have money. Like I can't imagine, I feel like you'd become a race car driver just to meet other rich people that you can invest in stuff with, which is what how Mm -hmm. him and Patrick Dempsey invested in this like business that went a mess. Mm-hmm. So they, I, I don't really understand the the business of this Tully's Coffee thing, but Patrick M. Dempsey owns this um, investment group. They call it an investment group called Global Baristas. And I guess Patrick Dempsey partnered with Tully's Coffee, which Michael Avenetti had a stake in. And then something happened where their business fell apart and they were no longer business partners because some de- he reneged on some deal. Lindsay, did you understand this? I'm just really bad at understanding the semantics of business. No. I read I read like four articles about it and I don't really understand what the drama was. Patrick hadn't agreed to give any money in this investment or something like because it says in Dempsey's lawsuit, the actor revealed that while paying while playing a visible role as buyer, he had agreed to contribute no money to the Tully's acquisition by their firm Global Baristas. I don't really know how you like do an investment but don't pay, give any money, but I guess in this specific investment, maybe it was more for like I have no idea that he didn't agree to give money. So when this guy used Global Baristas to take out money, that was like the loan was kind of based on Patrick Dempsey's company. He was mad. I'm sad that this sort of ruined their friendship. And I hope the same thing doesn't happen to Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Paul Rudd, co-owners of Samuel Sweet Shop in Rhinebeck, New York, because that would break my heart. The candy store business is rough, too. I hope no one takes out a loan against a loan against a loan or something. So the thing about this guy is that he's obviously very telegenic. Um, He has a lot of high-profile court cases that make news, and this isn't the first time he was interviewed by Anderson Cooper either, because a couple years ago, he won this enormous, enormous, enormous case against Kimberly Clark, that, um, that, like, very ubiquitous, like, healthcare provider, that, like, healthcare items provider, Uh because... they were sued because the stuff that they provided for, like, remember the Ebola epidemic from a few years ago? Uh-huh. They provided all the suits for that, and apparently oh, no. the suits were defective. Oh, my God. And so people filed this lawsuit against them, and Avenetti represented them, and Avenetti won uh, this $454 million jury verdict against them. And according to the New York Post, based on his fees or what we know about his fees, that means that his firm could have made $100 million He's off of that case He's a regular Aaron Brockovich over here. He's a regular, I mean, well, Aaron Brockovich wasn't a lawyer. Oh. Um, oh, <laughs> I hate lawyers. I just work for him. Remember the <laughs> iconic line? <laughs> um, she was hot, though. Okay, so so this guy, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, he's obviously pretty mm-hmm. good. He already has kind of business with celebrities, bad or good. So he really fits the great the mold of what of what Stormy needed in a lawyer, mm-hmm. it seems like, right? But the other funny thing that this caller was getting into, which we really don't we really don't have any details apart from this one series of tweets, but Kelly Dodd, who's a housewife of Orange County, was casually tweeting at Michael Avenetti a few days ago, March 21st, it says, and she goes at Michael Avenetti, sent you a DM. And then this random fan goes, OMG, please marry him. And then Kelly just goes, I dated him. (laughs) (laughs) What? 
So I guess it's just like they dated for a while and they're still friends. But it's very funny that uh, Michael Avenetti has this very tenuous connection to Kelly Dodd. His, he's current, he just divorced his ex-wife. Um, and people found out that like they're so rich. They're so rich because I guess the divorce documents were public. So people uh-huh. got to see how much money they have. Uh-huh. And they spend like, they each spend like $40,000 a month just on living expenses. Um, <laughs> which, whatever. He's a successful lawyer and that means that Stormy's in good hands, you know? Yeah, I mean, it seems like everyone is fine. <laughs> it seems like everyone's fine. He's a hunk. Stormy's in good hands. Uh, Kelly Dodd is happy. And maybe the only person who loses here is Patrick, Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> but I mean, he's used to it, you know? Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Bobby. This is Ginny from L.A. Um, long-time listener, long-time caller. Um, okay, so I just saw on E! News today that Olivia Colpo, Col- Colpo? sorry, uh, her ex-boyfriend who was in the NFL, I don't know if he's a football, uh, some football player, apparently they broke up and he like blocked her on Instagram and then he deleted every single picture of her. Okay, I just, it frustrates me because I, for years, I keep seeing Olivia Copel's name, but I seriously have no idea who she is. And like, I'm good with like actors and stuff like that, famous people usually, but like, I don't even know what she's famous for. Is she a model? Is she an actress? Is she just like insta-famous? I have no idea. Is she a reality show star? Like, I really don't know her deal. And honestly, she looks like every other famous pretty girl in Hollywood to me. Like, her face isn't really that – like, she's pretty, but I I just don't really think she's, you know, memorable. If I saw her walking on the street, I really wouldn't know it was her. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's Olivia Coppola. Anyway, um, so that's all. Uh, Good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. One of my favorite things about this news, aside from Olivia Culpo being forgotten every time she comes every up, like Bobby time. and I literally just had to be like, who is she again? She won Miss Universe in 2012. That's literally it. Well, she won Miss USA before that. But you win Miss USA and then you compete in Universe. So she... I know, but I just feel like it's one of those things where Miss Universe sounds so absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Miss, yeah. Miss Universe sounds absurd, even though yeah. it is like a step up from Miss well, USA. You know, they shoot you to space and you compete against <laughs> the entire universe. So it's actually pretty amazing. But, I, but again, wait, I'm it, not done. My favorite thing about this is that it is a local, it's kind of a local story because as soon as you start dating any like sports team person, the team that they're on, like where they're from is like what, where reports about it the most. So like Boston, because this guy that she was dating was on the Patriots, um, and, oh, your team. Well, yeah, okay. And Boston, like, was obsessed with, like, everything that they did, essentially, which is what ends up happening. And so when they broke up, guess who was on the fucking front lines reporting about what happened? That's right, Boston.com. So apparently, <laughs> he unfollowed her and deleted all of their pictures together, which I got to say is a very strong move. Um, and not to, <laughs> not to talk about gender, but that's rare for the for the man to yeah, do in a heterosexual relationship. petty as hell. She who grew up in Rhode Island, which is a very Boston thing to say. She grew up in Rhode Island. She would was living in Los Angeles, but like come, would come visit him. I guess apparently he's being traded to the Miami Dolphins. And she was like, I'm not moving to Miami, which is weird because it's like she didn't move to Boston. <laughs> but Do it's close. It's not that much further away. So if you could deal with a long distance. Either way, obviously something happened that wasn't that she didn't want to move to Miami, okay? Oh, but yeah. this is not even like my... This is not even my first favorite local Boston tabloid thing. Bobby knows what it is. Bobby, what was the best, like, Boston-related, sports-related, like, tabloid thing of the week? You oh, oh my it. God, yeah. Um, Giselle uh, Boondkin. <laughs> yeah. 
this guy, apparently I was talking to a coworker of mine and I was so mad at this profile writer and the coworker of mine is more familiar with sports than I am. And she was like, oh, well, this guy, he writes a lot of sports profiles and his whole, like, this is, this is typical him. Like he writes these very kooky sports profiles and it's very okay. kooky leads and framing. Okay. But this one is like, let me just read the lead. Cause I was trying okay. to do, I was trying to paraphrase it, but it, it wasn't working out. Here read we go. it. Important world news exclusive. Giselle Bundkin likes Dunkin' Donuts. No. Check that. Giselle Bundkin loves Dunkin' Donuts. Do you... Listen, okay, honestly, I I will not try to do... I will not try to do Giselle Bundkin's accent, but just imagine her saying this. Quote, Do you know those things called munchkins? Bundkin asks, referring to the highly addictive donut hole treats served at the Massachusetts-founded religion, I mean, bakery chain. Oh my God, she says. I cannot have one. I have to have, like, ten. They're so tiny. It's a guilty pleasure. (laughs) And then he goes, don't Boonkin, 37, and her husband, New England New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady, 40, subsist on nothing but water, seeds, and dot, 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 quote, air, Boonkin says, finishing the thought. But he's like, no, I shit you not. Boonkin loves munchkins. She's fun. She loves donut holes. That makes her a really good person. <laughs> um, you can totally love Boonkin because of the munchkins. And it ends with her saying, wicked awesome. There is no way in hell that Giselle has ever stepped into a Dunkin' Donuts on her own. <laughs> Are you kidding? Who brought her the munchkin? I feel like they must have, you know those, uh, <laughs> what are those, the, the the invisible fences that dogs can't go past or else they get shocked? Like the moment, a, the moment can't. a carb, the moment a simple carb goes through their fences, someone gets shocked. I don't think those things could be allowed into their walls. Also, everyone knows you don't go and get munchkins. Munchkins come to you. Like, you are never, like, at the store getting munchkins. Munchkins are always at something. So, like, you know, middle school event or meeting or, like, whatever. I agree with that, but I do want to point out that one time we were at a Dunkin' in Massachusetts what? and bought munchkins at the checkout. So, I that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, also, here's a fun fact about munchkins that I learned and was appalled by. Did you know that four munchkins equals one donut? Do you know how many munchkins I've, like, gone through in one sitting? <laughs> Being like, what? it's just a munchkin. It only takes four? It's only four munchkins for one donut. Four. What is that? What is that song from Hello, Dolly? It only takes a moment. It only takes a munchkin. <laughs> four munchkins for one donut. Um, but anyways, Olivia Copel broke up with her boyfriend and Giselle loves munchkins. Thank you very no, much. No, you forgot the best part about this breakup, which was actually... She, what? She did, she did the iconic thing where after you break up, you oh, just yeah. post thirst traps for a really long time. Oh yeah, time. I was going to so, read you this, this um, caption. Olivia Culpa broke up with whatever his fucking name is, uh, Danny Amendola. And instead of really commenting on it, she just flooded her Instagram feeds with like photos of Vegas, Vegas with her girlfriends duh. and she's like showing off her bod and she's loving her life and she's like happily funny flirty single that's a new move in the world of social media where um your response to a breakup isn't necessarily a statement it's thirst traps yeah duh and also the best thing is this caption did you see this caption this is very indicative I think this is like this really tells me everything I need to know about the personality of Olivia Copel. she posted a picture of her and her friends and her caption is one of us is 14 years sober one of us is seven months pregnant and the other one is me hashtag Vegas first of all <laughs> imagine going to Vegas with your friends <laughs> One is 14 years sober, one is seven months pregnant, and the other one is me. (laughs) 
I'm actually, if we go to Vegas soon, I'm going to do, I'm going to stage this caption because it's so self-involved and good and I love it so much. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Bobby. Uh, this is Ginny from LA and I'm at the March for Our Lives March and the Who Queen is here. She's singing with Rita. I'm going to put the phone up so you can hear her. Here she is. Sounds so good. Oh my god. I just ice screamed. I had to call you guys the minute she came out. Uh thanks. Good for Melbourne. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for holding your phone up in the sky so we could hear like the brief echoing of Rita Ora in the distance, our girl at the March for Our Lives. Thank I love you how so excited much. she sounded to hear Rita. I know. <laughs> I'm so people, genuine. And people think that we, you know, we we're and people think that our Rita fandom is negative, but listen to that excitement. I bet you that girl was not into Rita Ora like that before the podcast. No. And then she went home and she added all those albums to Spotify. All those um, albums. <laughs> she listened to anywhere on the entire bus home to wherever she's from. <laughs> all right. Uh, this. I think is that's it. It. Yeah. We uh, should end. And we have a wonderful caller. You're amazing, sweetie, uh, for the show so stay tuned for that if you are still with us stick with it and um we'll see you monday we'll see you on after the weekend have a great weekend oh my god oh and wait we have an announcement oh announcement (gasps) um (laughs) hopefully everyone's still listening (laughs) okay it's really not that exciting but uh due to our lives we're going to be moving the episodes we're going to shift them um a day in the same direction. So instead of having a Monday and Thursday show, we're going to do a Tuesday and Friday show. So hopefully that doesn't mess up your life too much. Um, we just need to uh, better utilize our weeks. <laughs> yes. Um, um, and you yeah. know what? If we decide we don't like it, we'll go back. There are no rules here. No, but. there are no rules. We just want to try it and see how it goes. And then you get a Friday treat. You get a Tuesday treat. Um, I think it'll be better for our our news, for being up to date on news. And yes. now we can cover award shows properly. So mm-hmm. that is exciting. And mm-hmm. we are excited to try it. So let We're us know We're doing it you for think. you. We're doing it all for you. Just getting yeah. it. We're doing it for us. Let us, know, let us know what you think unless you hate it. And if you hate it, don't tell us. Because I yes. don't okay. care. Bye. Bye. You will say that. I just found out that Cynthia Nixon is a lesbian. I've been watching Sex in the City. I'm I'm 27 years old. I've been watching Sex in the City for like 10 years, and I'm gay, and I should know this, but Cynthia Nixon is a real lesbian in real life. I knew it. I knew it. Even though everyone else knew it, I knew it, too. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by the new series Music City on CMT. Catch up at cmt.com and watch new episodes on Thursdays at 10, 9 central. That was a HeadGum Podcast.